the last time they let me preach here at the cathedral, I was asking for people to leave the cathedral to come and join me in a new endeavor at Church of the Good Shepherd down in Brentwood. That's been a long time. It's been a long time. And now I come to help celebrate the life of one of the people who did come and help found uh, Good Shepherd. It isn't often that we clergy have parishioners who are part of our lives for nearly 40 years. With today's transient lives, we lose touch with one another. We move apart. Parishioners change churches. Clergy change churches. And so forth and so on. And sometimes those that change churches, the parishioners, don't want to have anything to do with us, but that's with Ruth, that's not the way it was. Ruth and her family are examples of folks who have, I have cared for for nearly 40 years. Even I knew this family even before I became a clergy person. I knew this family through a late ex-husband who, the father of Sean and Jennifer, that what knew me when I was in the business world before I became a priest. I have known and been a part of this family longer than I can remember. In three churches, in four locations, through various events, through many shared meals, at least two weddings, Jennifer and Ed and Larissa and Sean, the births of children, baptisms, Confirmations. Sean was in my first confirmation class. You can blame me. And Maggie Grace was in my last confirmation class I presented before retiring. I've known this family through illnesses, through funerals, through times both good and less good. In changing circumstances, Curcio, and it would go on and on. I have known Ruth almost 30 years. I met Ruth before I came here to start Church of the Good Shepherd when we were preparing at St. Mary Magdalene Fayetteville for Jennifer and Ed's wedding. Gosh, I almost said funeral. I do that so much. I don't mean to. It just slips out that I call weddings funerals. You know, I'm... Lynette and I were honorary members of the singles group at Church of the Good Shepherd. So I have known Ruth in that singles group. I have shared meals with her at her house. She has shared meals with me at my house. We have eaten together at restaurants. And that's where you really get to know one another, across a dinner tabletop. That's where defenses go down and you begin to share what things are really like in people's lives. Knowing all this, the last time I visited with Ruth, about two weeks prior to her death, I wasn't surprised at all to the answer to my question, Ruth, 
would you like for me to hear your confession? I was relieved when she said, no. It would be like confessing to my little brother. I was both relieved and honored that she considered me her little brother. Ruth was a decade older than I am. We joked about that at birthday time. She was born on Easter Sunday, 1943. And when you think about it, that Sunday of the resurrection was a perfect day for Ruth to have her natal event, to be born into a family. She attended West High School class, a West High School uh, down high school down the road here a while, and graduated in 1961. Told you she was a decade older. I graduated in 1971. She formed a lunch bunch with ladies from her class that met for over 25 years. 25 years. But more importantly, Ruth was the first female to be awarded the Avco Scholarship. That was her father's workplace. The first female. That's also fitting. Ruth did not abide many people who didn't consider the sexes to be equal. She just didn't like that. But I knew a secret. The female sex is greater than the male sex. She told me. (laughs) Her parents raised her with reverence and importance for family. We held many conversations about that. She was raised with multiple aunts and uncles, and they were highly involved in her life. And her parents' home was a gathering place for events, the way it's supposed to be, the way it's supposed to be. Her mother taught her to cook and to sew. I can vouch for the cooking part. I never had her sew for me. I just didn't need much smocking on my clergy clothes. And as a mom, she made every Halloween costume and baked every birthday cake for her children. And she probably had them stored away in a box someplace. You'll find them. She's lived in Virginia, Massachusetts, and Tennessee in various times of her life. She loved to garden. Her her lawn always reflected that. She loved arts and crafts, cooking and music. I'm getting all this from Sean and and Jennifer, so I'll take their word on some of it, but I do know she loved music. She loved arts and crafts. She was a dedicated parent and even more a dedicated grandparent. Is that right, Emily? Is that right, Maggie Grace? Yeah. She was active in her church through DOK, Altar Guild, choir, and she taught Sunday school. She volunteered with the Symphony, the Nashville Food Project, and many other organizations. And Ruth, like Sean, was one of the founding members of a church where I served for 23 years, Good Shepherd in Brentwood. And Ruth was 
often a bit opinionated. And she freely shared such. At least she did with me. She shared her opinions. But most of all, Ruth loved her church and she loved her God. She bemoaned her lack of being able to participate due to her physical ailments in her later life. She was a faithful attendee to the 6.30 service on Saturday night at Good Shepherd for years. She had lots of reasons for it, but the big one was that way she didn't have to get up early and get ready and come to church. She told me. And everyone shall miss her. Her presence was large. It was large in the church. It was large in her family. It was large with her friends. Do not let your hearts be troubled, Jesus told His disciples. I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, you will be also. An untold number of generations of Christians have seen the opening words from John's Gospel this morning as some of the most comforting, comforting words which Holy Scripture offers. That where I am, you may be also. While the Christian faith is about vastly more than just comfort or feeling good, word, these words from John's Gospel for his followers are indeed words of comfort and solace. They're comforting and offer us solace too. They're words for those who are following, following with Jesus in John's Gospel and they're comforting for us who follow Jesus today. For they are words of assurance for us all. No matter what those last minutes are like, no matter what those last years, days, or whatever, or where they take place, I have gone to prepare a place for you, he says, that where you, I am, you may be also. And Ruth is in the arms of the angels at her final rest, in a place Jesus has prepared for her. Today we've come together to celebrate and give thanks for Ruth's life here on earth. It's easy to do for someone like Ruth to celebrate and to give thanks. And especially for me, who has known her so long, I'm sort of artificial family. I'm sort of around the edges. I think I'm like the priest that used to be on the estate in England who served a family as I have served this family. Sean, Jennifer, your families, we honor your grief. We celebrate your, with you, but we grieve with you. But we do rejoice that Ruth has been a part of all our lives. She's left lots of herself in us, around us, for us, and with us. And ensure in certain hope of resurrection to eternal life, we can take comfort to know that Ruth will be in one of those rooms to which John's gospel referred. And I think that Ruth is already there holding counsel and sharing her opinions.
Enjoy it, Lord. We'll see you, Ruth, on the other side. Amen.